0: Hey, What's up, everybody? It's Randy Couture. If you're out there looking for a great sports podcast, go check out Big Mouth Small Words. What up, guys? It's Joshua Say, and I just want to give a shout-out to the Big Mouth Small Words podcast in Boston. Thank you guys for your dedication and support. And real pets. Hey, it's Big Jim from 98.5 The Sports Hub, and I love listening to Big Mouth Small Words. Check them out at Big Mouth Small Words podcast. Big Mouth Small Words sports talk we back, baby. Another episode. Let's go. Oh, let's go. Let us go, indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Big Mouth Small Words, the most must-hear podcast for all things sports. We were talking on a Monday. We were fired up about things. The MMA giveaway happened. We talked about the Undertaker documentary. We talked about... The NHL and the playoff format, and I got to be honest with you, I'm going back to it. I'm going back to the NHL because I'm getting more excited every day. I'm thinking that playoff hockey might be coming back. And at first, I put up a poll on the Instagram at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. I asked you guys a question, which I'm not ready to tell you what you said yet (laughs) because it just got put up. But so far, a lot of people have been, eh. Not so sure about the 24 team playoff, and I got to be honest with you. At first, I was on board with you. I felt the same exact way. I didn't like it, but the more I delved into it, and the more that I looked into it, the more I was like, "I don't think I hate this. I don't think I'm upset about it." And let me just let me just talk. Hear me out first, all right? So on Monday, the NHL held a board of governors meeting. They discussed the plans for a turning to play. And one of those proposals involved jumping right into the playoffs with 24 teams competing in as few as two hub cities for the Stanley Cup. Now, I think that is happening. I think it's going to be just two cities. They're going to be battling in. The logistics, obviously, are all still going to be worked out. Nothing is set in stone because of the virus. But the NHL, as I said before, is going to require a three-week training camp Then they're going to delve into a five-game regular season, okay? And then what the NHL is going to do is they're going to use a percentage of the points accumulated in that five-game regular season and the regular season that happened before to seed the playoffs with the top two teams receiving a bye. I don't hate it. A lot of people are hating. Obviously, everybody on this podcast loves the Bruins, and a lot of people were upset saying that the Bruins were getting screwed and I don't see it that way we would have to literally lose we're up Tampa eight points so we'd have to lose five games in a row they'd have to win five games in a row and then worst case scenario for us we're still getting a bye for the second seed so I'm not hating on it Um, at the end of the day here though and this is the one thing that not a lot of people are talking about that I think they need to start recognizing here is if you don't like it you might want to get used to it. Playoff games equal more TV revenue. And for a league that has lost so much money due to canceling the final weeks of the regular season, this is a chance to recoup some of the lost dollars and keep as many fans as possible interested. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. This is not the NBA. This is not the NFL. This is a diehard fan base, and they're looking to get as many eyes on this product as they can. And do you honestly think that the owners who could potentially lose more money next year if the fans are not allowed back into the buildings, do you think they're really going to want to go back to 16 teams in the playoffs? I don't think there's a chance that happens. I know that's shocking to some people, but I don't think that it's even possible. I think that they're for sure going to stay with this 24-team format. And as I just said, the playoffs are when the teams make back their money The need to be in the playoffs has now never been stronger, and it's also never been as difficult as it is today. When Seattle enters the league as the 32nd team in 2021-22, the odds of qualifying for the playoffs under the existing format will drop to 50%. But if 24 out of the 32 teams make the playoffs, then the odds of qualifying will increase to 75%. And that, it seems like a lot, But that's still less than what it was in the early 1980s when 16 of the 21 teams made it. That's 76%. In other words, I don't think it diminishes the regular season, if anything. I think it strengthens the postseason. I think that it makes everything more compelling. It would make this Stanley Cup something to truly remember, and I really don't hate this. The more I think about it, the more I delve into it, the more I look at it, the more I kind of like it. I do. I I know a lot of people don't agree with me. But then when I look at this format, right? So as of right now, because you don't know because things can change, obviously. But as of right now, the teams that would get the bye would be Boston. It would be Philadelphia. It would be Tampa Bay. And it would be Washington. Not directly in that order, but those are the teams. You would then have the nine seed Columbus Blue Jackets versus the number eight seed Toronto Maple Leafs. You'd have the five seed Pittsburgh Penguins against the 12 seed Montreal Canadiens. Now this is where it would get sticky for Boston potentially. I believe if Montreal upset Pittsburgh, number 12 would go to number one and that's where things could potentially get hairy for the Bruins. Now, if it was the regular format, the Bruins would play Columbus and in a lot of ways, Columbus is a better team than Montreal overall, but we all saw what we did to them before. And for some reason, they're just a crap team and we can we can slap them around. Same with the Maple Leafs, actually. They're not even a crap team, but we have their number. The Canadians have ours. My, my buddy Batch will say it on his Facebook a million times <laughs> and I will disagree with him a million times, but right now, right here, he has a point. They do own us. In a sense, Carey Price plays phenomenal against us. Tuka Rask can't seem to get out of his own way. I'm going under the assumption here that no crowd is going to be huge for Tuka. I think that Tuka Rask is going to relish the fact that there's not a million people watching him and that he can just play it like it's a scrimmage because in practice, he's always the best player. And when the lights are brightest is when it starts rolling down his leg. So I'm thinking that the Bruins are going to be fine. I think they'll win a few games in this this five-game regular season. They'll stay at the one seed. I don't even think Montreal is going to upset Pittsburgh. I'll be honest with you. I think we're going to end up playing probably Toronto because I don't think Columbus is going to beat them. So either way, though, it's compelling stuff. I mean, you could potentially have some some serious matchups here. I wouldn't mind seeing the Islanders against Tampa I wouldn't mind. There's a lot of things I wouldn't mind, man. It's going to be a battle, though, for sure. There's one thing that we can that we can know. You add more teams, it's going to be a battle. One thing that I can't have, I'm getting really aggravated that they're trying to use this as an excuse, the NHL, that is, to take away fighting. They want the face shields down. They want everybody to have a face shield, which is fine. I can deal with that. But you can't stop some of these, like, you need to let it be natural. You can't put a product out there that has been what it has been for as long as it has been. Listen, man, you have your diehard fans, and that's pretty much what you got if you're hockey. Like I said, I've already said they're not the NBA. They're not the MLB. They're not the NFL. You were a dying franchise at sometimes, and you need to at least keep your diehards happy. If you take fighting out of it, you're going to lose a lot of people, man. I know you don't think that. But you really will. And here's the thing in the playoffs, there's not usually a lot of fights anyway. But if you take the possibility out of it, the amount of people that are going to be turned off is going to be exponential. It's going to be a lot of people. So do yourself a favor, keep fighting, don't take it away, because I'm telling you, you're going to lose people, man. Some of the best moments that I can even remember. It's like Tim Thomas skating over to fight Price. And it wasn't, they didn't even fight. They just threw each other to the ground. But it was just so, like, visceral and so, it was like an experience, man. The crowd was hitting the number 10. It was above 10. It was so good. When you've got two guys that get fired up, they take their helmets off, they square off, and they just circle each other a little bit. It doesn't have to be the best fight in the world. It's the anticipation of it. It's just it's something that you can't really describe, which is why I'm having such a hard time doing it right now. But it is absolutely and unequivocally the best moment of a hockey game. And I love hockey, man. There could, like I said, there could be no fights, but when there are, it hits it to another level. It just hits another stride. It just makes that game just a little bit better than the other ones. So there you go. There's my rant. That's what I think about the 24-game format. I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be good. Bottom line is, I just need hockey back. I think we all do, even if you don't realize it. And you know what, dude? There are going to be people that don't watch hockey that are going to give it a shot. And for the love of God, NHL, put out your best product. This is your best chance that you've ever had to get new fans. So don't blow it. Don't ruin it. Don't fix it if it ain't broke. I talked about NHL. We're going to have to do the sponsor real quick. I know you guys hate it, but we're going to do the sponsor. And then I'm going to go over some controversial NFL quarterback power rankings. Take a listen. And we are back just like that. See, that wasn't too bad. So I'm going to be going over. I did the whole quarterback rankings for each division. Each team, I let you know who I thought was best. I ranked them one through four in the division. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to put out my big mouth, small words, preseason quarterback power rankings. I'll come back to them after week eight. We'll see how we did. But before I get into these quarterback power rankings, I'm going to do the top 10. And it's controversial. You're going to (laughs) want to, you're going to want to hear it. But I have to start really quick with a man who is not on the top 10 list, with a man who thinks that he needs no introduction, but he really does. Dak Prescott, I have given you the benefit of the doubt. I have backed you up in certain moments where now I have seen the error of my ways. I cannot stand and I cannot believe that when I saw this, when I saw the Cowboys were offering Dak Prescott a five-year $175 million deal which would make him the highest paid quarterback ever in the history of the game ever and he said (laughs) no he said no he said no and it's like dude know who you are man Dak they just signed Dalton am I saying that Dalton's better than you probably not But is he, like, so much worse than you? I don't know, man. You have so many weapons on the Cowboys. As Colin pointed out when I was talking to him earlier, Colin hit the nail on the head. What do you want to get paid, $45 million to hand the ball off to Zeke? He's got a point there, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dak Prescott makes plays certain times. But guess what you did last year, man? You didn't make the playoffs. You had a lot of weapons, you faced a banged up Philadelphia Eagles team and you blew it. You couldn't handle it. So, oh my God, 45 million a year. You need to to stop, Dak. And you also need to know when it's time to be worried because Dalton, as I've crapped on him a million times, I have to tell you really quick, Andy Dalton is serviceable, man. If you give Andy Dalton that offensive line, you give him Amari Cooper, You give him C.D. Lamb. You give him Zeke Elliott. You give him Michael Michael Gallup. I can't even talk right now because I'm getting fired up. This is unbelievable. He's going to put up some numbers, and guess what? He's probably going to walk you to 10 wins. Is he going to crap himself in the playoffs? Yes, but haven't you been doing that this whole time, Dak? And if you're paying Dalton pennies, can't you give other people more money? Couldn't you build up that defense? My God, Dak. Let's just keep it real, man. He said, Dak Prescott, when I read this, quote, north of 45 million final, you need to go to bed, man. You need to go to bed and you need to stop. Andy Dalton, I thought he was a bit of a fool to go there because I thought he wanted to start right away. And now I'm seeing, you know what? You may not be the best quarterback, Dalton, but you're not dumb. You saw an opportunity. You looked at it and you said, this dude thinks he's worth what? Okay, I'll go there and I'll take his job. And that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to take his job, and it's going to be hilarious. Dak's either going to have some humble pie and start, or he's gone. So obviously Dak is not in my top 10 list, which we are now going into the big mouth, small words, quarterback power rankings for 2020. Very exciting. Um, Here's the thing. I'm going to go from 10 to 1, okay? Who is at number 10? This one was actually the hardest thing I had to do. Do I give it to Phillip Rivers? I like where he went. I like the Colts. I like their offense. I think that they can be very explosive. I think he still has a little bit left in the tank. I think he could put up some numbers. And Phillip Rivers could easily be number 10, but he's not. I look at Big Ben. He came back. Can he stay healthy? Is he going to be able to turn back the hands of time a little bit? He shaved his beard. He looks like he's trying to look the part, but I don't see it. It's not Dak Prescott, (laughs) as you've already figured out. Is it Dalton? Could Dalton break into the top 10? Mm, No. No, I don't think so. Ted, maybe it's your boy. Maybe it's Aaron Rodgers. Except it's not. Because Aaron Rodgers isn't even in the top 10 of my power rankings. I have two quarterbacks in his division that are going to make this list, but he's not one of them. And I know you guys think I'm crazy, but guess what? You're going to see that I'm right. Number 10 is Matthew Stafford. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Matthew Stafford. And before, actually before I even get into this Matthew Stafford pick for all the people Looking at Dak Prescott and thinking that he deserves anything over thirty million, you just made the list. You made the list. But back to Matthew Stafford. I like the Lions' offense this year. Do I think they're going to be a great team? Nope, don't. When I look at the quarterback position, though, I think that Stafford is primed to strike this year. I really do. I like Kenny Galladay. I like Marvin Jones. I like Danny Amendola in the slot. I like that they got the running back that I thought was the best in DeAndre Swift. He's going to be a good one-two punch with Carrion Johnson. I I like a lot of what the Lions have to offer this year. And once again, I'm going to go with no fans and less pressure. I like it. I like that offense. I think that Stafford can do some things. And Ted, if you're upset about that, I can make, I can ease your pain. I can ease your pain just a little bit because number nine is Kirk Cousins. So your boy, Kirk Cousins is on my list. Number nine, he lost some people. He lost Stefan Diggs, but he's still got a good running game. He's still got Dalvin Cook. His line is still all right. He's still going to have time. You bring back Kyle Rudolph. You bring back Adam Thielen. I love Justin Jefferson. He's, He's really good. So we don't know what he's going to be yet, but he looks very good, and I just think that, I mean, listen, Kirk Cousins has been really good the last last few years, and I'm not ready to take him off the top 10 list, so he's my number nine. Number eight, this is a little riskier, and you could you could flip these, but I'm going Carson Wentz at number eight. I think that if I mean he just has to stay healthy that's really all it comes down to last year he did a lot with a depleted offense man so you've got Zach Ertz you've got a lot of guys coming back I mean you got Sean Jackson coming back you've got um Alshon Jeffrey coming back you've just got Jalen Rager who you think you took him over Justin Jefferson so he better be good (laughs) that's all I'm gonna say and uh Miles Sanders obviously is great there's just there's a lot to like about that offense if they can be healthy. That obviously is we're going to find out if that happens or not. But I think Carson Wentz, he's, it's another year where I think he's going to, he almost made it, man. He made it a full year, got hurt right before the playoffs. But if he can stay healthy again this year, I think he'd be fine. I think he's going to be number eight. Number seven is going to blow people's minds because you're obviously hearing Roger's not on my list. You're hearing I got Stafford, I got Cousins, I got Wentz. Number seven is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, put some respect on Matt Ryan. As I said before, listen, they've got a decent offensive line, okay? They got Todd Gurley in the backfield now. They are all, they, they've had Julio Jones forever. They still got him. They got Calvin Ridley. I like their offense. I like what they're doing. I think Matt Ryan just needs to go back to the drawing board with a healthy running game. I think he can get it going. I really think that is a huge thing for Matt Ryan. He works so much better off play action. I know that they lost Austin Hooper, but Hayden Hurst I think is going to flourish in this offense. He's going to have a lot of chances at one-on-ones, and he's another year into the league. I like their offense. They got a lot of former first-rounders on that offense, So, and you never know. Laquan Treadwell might figure something out. I'm just saying I like the position that Matt Ryan's in. I think that Matt Ryan is poised to have a comeback pretty good year. He's that's why he's number 7. Number 6 is Tom Brady. I had to pause because I've got all these names and like I said, I don't like to make these lists like I have them all I have all these names written down. I have an idea of where I want to put them, but I'm putting Tom Brady at number 6. I I really wanted to put him in the top 5, but I just couldn't. But number 6, come on. He's great. He's Tom, he I'm not going to hate on his age. I like... I mean, look at the offense that he's going into. Come on. Godwin. Mike Evans. You know, OJ Howard. You've got Gronk back. You have no excuse, Tom. You wanted to leave, and he's been running all these secret practices, and he's been all fired up. He's got this new documentary series coming out, so... Tom Brady looks reinvigorated, and when he is reinvigorated, when Tom Brady sets his mind to something, he usually wins Super Bowls. So I'm going to bet him at number six. Number five, Drew Brees. I'm staying true to the list that I've made before. I have Brees just a little bit ahead of Brady because he's been with his team. He knows his team. He's obviously got Michael Thomas, which everybody's hating on Michael Thomas, but he is still one of the best in the league. You've got Kamara. You've got a lot of people, man. I like them. I like what they're putting out there. I like that. I like Jared Cook. I think he's supremely underrated. I think getting Emmanuel Sanders is a huge upgrade. I, I like what they've done. I think that Drew Brees and the Saints are going to make some serious strides, and that's why I've got Brees in the top five. Number four, I have Deshaun Watson. A lot of people have forgotten about that guy. A lot of people looked at him and said, "Dude, he, you know that he, they tra- they traded DeAndre Hopkins. What the hell are you putting him in the top 5 for? You putting him at 4? I am putting him at 4 because believe it or not, I think the Texans offense is going to explode. What? Yeah, that's right. You heard me right. I think it's going to explode. Deshaun Watson is very good at what he does. He doesn't have a great offensive line, but like Russell Wilson, He knows how to improvise. I love the acquisition of Brandon Cooks. I think in that offense, Bill O'Brien is going to get the best of him. I like Will Fuller. Obviously, he has some health. Sometimes he gets hurt, but he can be effective. Randall Cobb is a great addition. I think he's going to be all right. Kenny Stills. I like Darren Fells as a tight end. I think he has a lot to offer. I think he's going to be good. And Duke Johnson is better than people think he is as a running back and adding David Johnson into there, you got Johnson squared, you got two of them, two's better than one. I just like, (laughs) are they gonna be better without Hopkins? I don't know. I can't tell you that. I still think that trade was stupid, but I like that he has more than one option and I think that I'm going to buy in and believe that Deshaun Watson is good enough to make that offense look really good. So, Deshaun Watson at four. Number three, Lamar Jackson. A lot of people have that dude at one. He could be anywhere in the top three, honestly. I have him personally at three. Um, I'm trying to give you a a legitimate reason that I do. (laughs) I think that it's another year of tape for people to look at him. I think it's going to be really hard to recreate what he did last year. He was so phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. He's got the pieces offensively. Obviously, Mark Ingram is about that. And if you don't believe him, then you can go fight him outside like he said in his interview. So he's got him. He's got Hollywood Brown. He's got pieces. I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't. But I think it's going to be hard. You can only go to David Andrews so much. Another year of tape. I think everyone in his division got better defensively. And it's just going to be a little harder for him. Now, keep that in mind. He's still number three because he's phenomenal. He's going to make plays with his legs. He's going to make plays with his arms. But I got him at three. Number two, Ted, if you're listening, you idiot, it's Russell Wilson. Because of all the things I've been yelling at you, of you saying that Aaron Rodgers is better than him. Russell Wilson has done so much with nothing Last year, if Lamar Jackson didn't have the best year of his life, Russell Wilson was so close to being MVP, that dude took a team that was nothing and made it something, and he's going to do it again. He's going to do it with Metcalf. He's, You know what? I'm not even going to go over his options offensively because it doesn't matter who's on his team offensively. If you've got a leader like him and you've got a guy that can produce like him and make plays with his legs and make just absolute dime passes when you're on the run, no matter who he has offensively, Russell Wilson is going to get the best out of him. And the team trusts him. Pete Carroll trusts him. He's going to make it happen. He's number two. Russell Wilson's always in the top three in my books. So number two is Russell Wilson. Number one is Patrick Mahomes. How can I say anything otherwise? I should have said Joe Burrow. I want to say Joe Burrow. <laughs> and I hope that next year it's it's Joe Burrow. But obviously it's Patrick Mahomes. For how long, though, I will say this. He is the man, and to be the man, you got to beat the man. So I could never put anyone on this list ahead of him because he won the ship. He's still got Kelsey. He's got Cheetah. He's got Nicole Hardman. He's got so many weapons, so many weapons at his disposal. So, But, I mean, with them having to pay him in this upcoming year, you're going to lose Watkins you're going to lose you're going to start to lose some players you're going to start to lose some depth and you better hope you don't have a year like the Philadelphia Eagles did last year where you lose a lot of guys to injury because you will be screwed so for now Patrick Mahomes is one so just to go over this list one more time for everybody I'm going to post it on the Instagram but number I'll go I'll go from 10 to 1 number 10 This is the Big Mouth Small Words Quarterback Power Rankings. Number 10, Matthew Stafford. Number 9, Kirk Cousins. Number 8, Carson Wentz. Number 7, Matt Ryan. Number 6, Tom Brady. Number 5, Drew Brees. Number 4, Deshaun Watson. Number 3, Lamar Jackson. Number 2, Russell Wilson. And number 1, Patrick Mahomes. That's my list. Do you agree? Do you not? If you don't, please send me messages. Send them to me. I will play them on this podcast. Tell me I'm a moron. Tell me I'm an idiot. And if you want to debate me, just give me a call. I'll put you on the podcast. We can talk it out and we can figure it all out. So that's the podcast. They're going to be talking about um, Dana White is actually looking into making some more fights. So there's a potential for more giveaways. If there is... NHL hockey in the future You better be damn sure to believe I'm going to come up with a contest for that So As the end of most of my shows I say Follow At Big Mouth Small Words Podcast On Instagram Follow it on YouTube A lot of big things coming If you haven't ordered on FNX Order it on that too Because I can get you 15% off Most importantly though everyone Keep listening Keep sharing And stay safe I love y'all.